And good morning. Andy's taking the day off today, probably doing a little bit of fishing. We uh, promised you that Jesse Treble from Safe Basements would be in, and indeed he's here. Jesse, good to see you again. Oh, thank you for having me. It's great to be here. You're going to be doing some fishing yourself, aren't you? Well, that's what I was thinking. Man, it's such a beautiful day. We're thinking about going fishing this afternoon, so that would be great. I think Andy's got the right idea. I think he does, too, but we're glad you made it in early. And uh, and didn't leave early because I would have been all alone here. <laughs> but we uh, we were telling our listeners, uh, Jesse, about you. Even though uh, we've heard you know uh, about your company for a long time here on CCO, but for those that are new listeners, maybe you've never heard about Safe Basements, SafeBasements dot com to be specific. What do you guys do? Well, we fix basements. So we fix uh, water issues and structural issues and uh, indoor air quality issues such as radon and mold. Um, and, uh, uh, like I said, structural is settling concrete. So, um, we can do foam jacking or foundation piers. If your walls are bowing in, we can do wall anchors or carbon fiber or whatever the, the fix may need. Uh, that's the biggest thing is we have, uh, quite a lot of tools in our toolbox so we can really diagnose and figure out what the, the best way to address your issue is. And if people do think they have an issue, sometimes they do, but if they don't, you tell them that, right? Oh, absolutely. So, I, you know, I feel it's it's in our best interest and everyone's best interest just to uh, figure out what the cause of the problem is. And sometimes there's simple solutions. Uh, a lot of times gutters or landscaping. Oh, yeah. Um, whatever it may be. Uh, uh, for radon, for instance, sometimes there's just really obvious entry points and we can seal those spots up or the homeowner can do that. And then we can retest and figure out if, if it's taken care of it. So, so you do a lot of that? A lot we of do. Right on the we mitigation. Do. How about mold? Is that a big issue? Mold is. And usually, you know, it's, it's, uh, you need a few things for mold to grow. So you need moisture and organic material to feed on. And sometimes if you can just take those things away by uh, drain tiling or waterproofing your basement, uh, you can address the mold issue. But we can also treat the mold, too, so that uh, you're not getting airborne spores or whatever. If you have a question for Jesse, now's your chance, either by phone or by text. Let me give you the numbers, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. I remember the last time you were here, Jesse, this is no stranger to you. Got a ton of questions about radon. Oh, yeah. Everybody has a question about radon mitigation. Well, it's a real concern. And, uh, you know, the thing is you can't smell it, you can't taste it, you can't, you don't know it's there. Where does it come from? Um, well, it's basically decaying uranium, so way down deep in the soil, and it just naturally comes out of the soil. And unfortunately, um, you know, if it gets into your home, it, it, it's kind of stuck in there through its period. So that mm. you want to make sure that you can uh, – the most common way to do it is a sub-slab depressurization system. So if you have lower pressure below your floor, uh, the air from your house will go down into your floor rather than air from the soil coming into your home. And so that's mm. – the basic, most simplest way to explain how we take care of radon issues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the last time you were here, we got we got lots of questions about that. Are we here in what we lovingly call CCO land, this area of the Midwest, are we more prone to that than other parts of the country? There's soil. Is it is it different elsewhere? Uh, it is different in different areas. I wouldn't say we're more prone to it, but uh, we definitely have radon in our CCO land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you and I were just chatting before we uh, went on the air about uh, uh, kind of a newer angle for your business, some manufactured uh, products that you you're kind of have a network of, uh, of folks that help you out. Yeah, I think that's something that people aren't really aware of is um, 
and it's not really new for us. We've been doing it for many years, is we manufacture here in Minnesota all the products that we use. So we have a number of patents, and everything else is proprietary to us. So we, we've really seen the need to design and build products that are really custom to basement repair. So a lot of times people use like uh, field drain tile to waterproof basements or uh, sewer drainage pipe and things like that that aren't really designed for, for basement waterproofing where unfortunately they flow so much water that you can create erosion below your floor. Mm. And uh, if you have erosion and soil leaving from underneath your foundation, that's a pretty bad deal. So um, sometimes we end up peering homes that were drain tiled incorrectly. And so, um, for instance, the drain tile that we use is custom made for uh, basement waterproofing. It can, it can dry out the soil below your floor without creating an erosion issue. And so the other thing is uh, we have a patented wall anchor system, and our peers are stronger than anybody's in the industry. And when we started manufacturing our own products, we had people from around the country calling us and asking to learn Mm, your How system. To do it. Yeah, uh-huh. our system and menu are purchased those products from us. So in Painesville, Minnesota, we have a manufacturing and training facility. We have a uh, engineering staff. We research and develop all these products. We have actually a training basement out back where we not only teach people how to install the products, but we also uh, test the products and make sure they're up to par. How about that? Yeah. So you said really you've been cool. doing this for a while. Yeah, about 15 years now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you? I tell you what, I was going to ask you something about the weather, but let's let's. Sue is calling from Owatonna with. I'm not sure the question. Go ahead, Sue. Thanks for calling. Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a question about radon remediation. I have a 1600 square foot rambler with a basement that's only under half of the house, and I'm just wondering if it will be more expensive to. To deal with that, um, my test results were right around 12. More expensive than what? Uh, Or just more expensive because of the type of home? Right. What's under the other half of the basement? Is it a crawl space? The other half is, it's a concrete. Hey, Sue, we're getting some interference with that phone. Is there something that... uh... You can bring a little closer. You seem like you're on a speaker. Okay, I think we're having a little bit of interference there. Maybe you can pick up what she might mean. Uh, I Yes, I think I can figure it out. So she's got a concrete slab on half of the house and basement under the other half. And all that may mean is they'd have to do two suction points. It might be a little more expensive, but it's, it's not that big of a deal. So it's pretty easy to address. How long? As long as we're on the subject. Thank you, Sue. Of uh, of radon, uh, if you're you're going to come to a person's home, and what's the average length of time? How long is it going to take to 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 mediate that radon? Get it out of there. It usually takes about a day. Okay. Um. So it, it it's pretty quick and easy to get it taken. Is care it pretty of. invasive, or can it be if you need some fans and whatnot? Well, it's important to do thorough diagnostics. So we want to. Uh, get into the floor, put a couple test ports in, and really make sure that we're getting good suction throughout the whole home so that we can take care of that radon properly. So we, after the break, Jesse, let's, uh, let's talk about what else your business does. Besides the radon mitigation, you guys do a whole lot of other things. I want to ask you about things like 
Is a wood foundation really fun to have, like Andy says? <laughs> we'll talk about various things like that. Your calls, your texts uh, for Jesse Treble from uh, Safe Basements. Welcome today, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. It's 18 after 9, 69 degrees on CCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show, uh, brought to us by our friends at Linda's Construction every week for a lot of years now, L-I-N-D-U-S. Jesse Treble's with us. We're talking about basements. Jesse's with Safe Basements, uh, safebasements.com, if you want to hop on the Internet. You know, I just mentioned Linda's, Jesse, and uh, uh, I know that uh, they have some great deals now on what, what's the labor uh, cost. I mean, it's like a 75% off labor right now, isn't it? Yeah, that's an incredible deal. I know Andy wanted me to remind everyone that that ends on Tuesday, July 31st. So it's 75% off labor on LeafGuard gutters, GAF asphalt shingles, Season Guard and Infinity by Marvin Windows. So that's a great it deal. It really so, is. Yeah. yeah. Not, so, don't, so don't wait. You know, this, no. is, this is for a limited time now. Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe it's almost <laughs> August. Right. All right. Denny, did you know that uh, last summer we yeah. had some storm damage and we had the good people over at Linda's come and put a roof on our house? Oh, you did too. We you did. Usually. They just did a wonderful job too. Boy, I tell you what, they break all the stereotypes. You know, they're on time. They're so pleasant. They do what they say they're going to do. They charge what they say they're going to do. They clean up. Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah. Now, what, what kind of shingles did you get? Or oh, they're really cool. They were GAF shingles, and they were kind of diamond-shaped. They look like really like slates or something. I think they're the envy of the neighborhood. I bet you are. Yeah. <laughs> so, but they do a great, a great job. I know my wife, Lori, and I would just, you know, we'd like to thank the good people over at Lindis. They did a great job they for do. us. They do. They care about it, too. Yep. Uh, I tell you what, I was gonna. I want to ask you if you're talk if you have a question about basements. Uh, this is the guy you want to chat with. Wet basements. Uh, I want to ask uh, Jesse when we uh, after the phone call. What, the, what what kind of work do you do most of? We'll do that one. Tom in Sandstone though has been waiting with a question. Tom, Jesse's listening. What's your question? Hi, uh, I have a uh, a dry basement. But in one corner of the basement, I get a white residue on the lower part of the cement blocks. Yeah, that's... Go ahead. That's a symptom of some moisture in the walls. Do you have block walls? Yes. Yeah, and so a lot of times it's not mold and it's nothing dangerous. And uh, it's probably on a corner where you have a gutter downspout. And you may want to just make sure that downspout has an extension on it because you may be getting a little bit of moisture in the blocks. It'll actually uh, hold in the hollow cores and sit in there. And then as it kind of seeps through, and it it may not even seep into the basement, it's more a a high moisture content in the air, which uh, reacts with the concrete in the block. Well, that's good to know. I was thinking maybe it was mold. <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. What do you have to? Can you some you you as a company do about that? Well, you can drain the blocks, but uh, if you're not really getting any water or, or wet walls, you may just don't worry it. about it. Yeah. All right, Tom. Not bad news. Thanks for calling six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. If you have a foundation kind of a question for Jesse, here's the guy you want to talk with. Uh, again, I, I wanted to ask you what. I mean, we talk about radon, but that's not the biggest part of your job. Your no, business. no. Uh, most of the things we do is is structural related. So bowing walls. And like I say, we have the patented wall anchor system that just does an amazing job at pulling those walls straight. So if you have a, a tipping or a leaning or a, a, a horizontal crack running through the middle of your wall, 
Uh, our system is guaranteed for the life of the home, and uh, it, it really takes care of it. Homeowners love it. HUD says it's the best way to fix homes. Wow. Uh, so if you're going to get financing and sell your house, this is a great way to get it done. We're usually in and out in a day. It's very affordable and guaranteed. So we stand behind everything we do. So all the primary services we provide, like uh, foundation peering for lifting homes, basement waterproofing, and bowed walls, we guarantee for the life of the home. Wow. How's this uh, crazy weather we've had in the last few months Unbelievable. giving you a lot more work? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. It was a re- weird spring. It was kind of really dry right away, and yep. then now we've been getting rain like crazy. So, yeah. But, yeah, we're super busy. Now, when you talk about bowed walls, and I know uh, Andy and, and the guys have mentioned that before, how often does that happen? Is that a is that a big problem or, or somewhat of a big problem? It really is, and and the thing to watch out for is you want to make sure when water runs off your roof or snow melts or just rain in general that it can run away from your home. So you want to make sure you have good landscaping so that the water doesn't saturate the soil adjacent to the wall because that's what happens is the wall the water gets into the dirt. The dirt expands and it pushes the wall in. A lot of people think it's frost, but I, I truly don't believe that's what oh, it is. Okay. It's negative grade. So if everyone did really good landscaping, you know, raised their grade, had really good Lindus gutters on, I wouldn't have a job. I'd probably work for Lindus <laughs> then. <laughs> there you go. So. Now get those leaf guard gutters for right, sure. Right. Uh, let's go back to the phones, Jesse. Dan in uh, Blaine is uh, on the line. Go ahead, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, I had a question. Um, anyway, uh, there's a there's a block basement, um, and they had moisture issues on the lower part of the block, on the basement. And uh, I stuck a uh, camera down the sump basket. And uh, upon sticking the camera down the sump basket, I stuck it down there probably about uh, 50 feet or so. Upon sticking it through there from the basket, uh, maybe about 10, 15 feet, I didn't see any water in the drain tile. Then the camera went underwater. And then once out of water, there was, like, water sitting in the bottom half of the drain tile. The question i got to ask is, with the water sitting in the bottom half of the drain tile, would that cause the bottom course of the block to be wet? And with the camera going through the uh, um, submerged water, would that mean there's a dip in the tile and that needs to get fixed? So water in the drain tile isn't a huge problem. And yes, you're right. There, that is a dip in the, in the drain tile. So it probably had to go under a pipe or something like that. Um, it is not a symptom of water in your blocks. What it means is in order to get the water from the blocks into the drain tile, every core and joint of the block wall needs to be tapped. And either a tube or an edging of some sort needs to route that water from the blocks into the drain tile. So typically in new construction, um, a lot of times they didn't tap those blocks. So the blocks could still be holding water and uh, the drain tile would keep your, dry, your floor dry. A little bit of water in the drain tile is not a big deal. Uh, as long as that drain tile was open as the water table rises, it will get to the sump basket and drain. Um, ideally, you'd have a really nice level drain tile trench, and uh, your your tile wouldn't be holding water. Uh, we t- pay a lot of attention to that. Uh, we use a drain tile that actually can't dip up and down so that we can have that happen. Um, but if you have wet blocks, pay attention to your uh, landscaping and your gutters. 
but also you may need to have someone like us come in and uh, open up your floor, drain those blocks into the drain tile, and we would take that drain tile out, put ours in so that you didn't have it holding water, which ultimately gives you a drier floor and a nicer environment in the basement. How would you, that physically, is that, is that done? You have to like jackhammer the concrete and we do yeah so we pay a lot of attention to dust and mess so we have clean drop cloths we plastic off the working area uh we use uh vacuums on our jackhammers uh dust vacs so we we do a really clean neat job uh we jackhammer a trench replace that tile drill every core and joints of the block wall so every drop of water is drained out of that wall it's all routed into our, our drain tile, which is then uh, run to the sump basket. We usually like to put a battery backup system on because typically when it rains, that's when the power is most likely to go yes, out. That's, that's when true. you need your pump. Um, so that's a big deal. But then uh, we pour the concrete back. It's all below the floor, guaranteed for the life of the home. That guarantee is transferable to future owners. And then our system is one of the very few waterproofing systems that works in conjunction with radon mitigation. So Mm. a lot of people leave an open groove around the perimeter of the basement. We do not. Our custom edging that we manufacture has a rubber tab that goes up against the wall and minimizes any air passage. So that works out really well. Wow. Interesting. All right. Uh, tell you what, we have to uh, thank you, Dan. We have to take a break. We have another almost half hour of the show to go. So if you want to ask Jesse a question, I urge you call us now or send uh, a text. 651-989-9226. Text number is 81807. 69 degrees right now. We'll have a look at that forecast coming up. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show, presented every week by our friends at Lindus Construction, L-I-N-D-U-S. One of the friends of the Lindus family, Jesse Treble from Safe Basements, is with us uh, this morning, helping you out either by phone or by text. Uh, 651-989-9226. Text is 81807. Jesse, we're getting more uh, text messages as well as phone calls. And after, I'm going to go back to the phones, but I want to ask you when we do come back about uh, uh, the, the, these foundations. I mean, you look at houses. I know if, with your profession, you can spot them a mile away. But sinking houses, tilting houses, there are such things. I want to know how you deal with that. But Steve in Coon Rapids is on the horn for a question. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah. Good morning, uh, Jesse. Uh, good morning. Uh, I have a uh, a garage with a basement. We have a spancrete floor. And we literally have a spancrete bridge going to the garage. Uh, and uh, where the two meet uh, becomes an obvious uh, problem of flexing and leaking right at that joint. Oh, um, sure. Uh, we've, had, uh, uh, we've had a fair amount of work done on it and uh, recently had the, the driveway recoded and uh, the joint resealed. Uh, so I'm looking for an opinion, or I, I have a theory that uh, uh, the uh, the joint sealer is very flexible in the summertime when it's warm and when it has to be applied in the wintertime. With a cold and contraction, uh, we get a failure in the joint uh, after a few years. Um, so it just occurred to me that uh, maybe if I ran a, a heat tape underneath the uh, the driveway, that that might keep it warm enough to keep the joint more flexible. Well, those joints are supposed to stay flexible in any weather. 
Um, but it's more the uh, the apron. Uh, it it moves around. So when you get frost under the ground, it'll raise and it'll pull that that seam loose. So that's a very common problem. Uh, one of the things that we can do is the joint where your spancrete meets the the foundation wall. We can high pressure inject uh, polyurethane foam, and that'll seal that joint up tight. And then uh, we actually hold it in there with uh, epoxy. Um, you may still have to do maintenance on that flexible uh, joint between the floor and the driveway apron, but that's just kind of a necessary evil in Minnesota. Um, I wouldn't monkey with the heat tape. I don't think that would do any good. Um, not that it's not a good idea, uh, but that that should stay flexible. The only thing you could do if you wanted to go to extremes is take that apron out, um, put foam under the apron to insulate it so that it doesn't you know, go up and down in the through the different seasons and keep it from moving around. But uh, I think that would be uh, more than necessary. All right, Steve, there's your answer. Uh, how does that uh, foam uh, jacking work? Is that pretty slick? It is. Yeah, it's a neat deal. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, especially in Minnesota, we have a lot of seasons, frost and a lot yeah, of moisture, a lot of drought, and, you know, so you get heaving and, and soils moving around. And uh, you can get uh, where the soil settles away from the concrete and you have a void. And eventually the, the cement settles into that void. So we can go in with foam. Uh, we drill a hole, real small hole through the driveway. Uh, we use that same powder that we drilled the hole with to patch it with cement so it, it matches really well. But mm. then we can fill that void and lift the concrete back. Now, how long does that last after you do it? Well, it's kind of only as good as the concrete and the dirt it's sitting ah, on. Yes. So the foam lasts forever. But it's, it's the everything the- else that we uh, worry about. <laughs> That's right. Junk in, junk out. <laughs> right, well right. But normally it holds up really well. It does, right. It's far better than slab jacking. All right. That's good to know. Earlier, Jesse, a, a text came in after you, not long after you sat down and we talked about what your business does of, of the many things. Uh, texter says, how do you drain soil below? Uh, I'm assuming below the floor. And so we use what's called a multi-flow drain tile. And what's cool about it is it doesn't flow high volumes of water. So that's how we uh, control erosion, but it has a lot of surface area. So it draws the moisture out of the dirt that your floor is sitting on. So if you have dry dirt, you have a dry floor. And that's basically it. So some people, they won't even put a drain tile of any sort into the soil. Well, there's no way to dry that soil out if you don't get it in there. If you're putting something on top of the footing in the floor, you're going to have wet dirt, and therefore you're going to have high moisture content in Mm. your basement. Interesting. Back to the phones we go. Tom is calling from Mankato, Minnesota. Go ahead, Tom. We're listening. Yes, a good day to you. Uh, In regard to radon, we have a walkout uh, basement. Uh, It gets quite a bit of ventilation, probably six months out of the year. Does this increase or decrease the chances of uh, having uh, radon in the basement? Well, if you're getting good ventilation through there, it probably decreases it, but it also has a lot to do with home pressures. So if you open some windows and it really lowers the pressure in your home, you could actually draw more radon in through your floor. So every house is a little bit different, but I would say if I was going to roll the dice and bet on yours with the walkout, you're probably a little less apt to have it, but the only way to know for sure is to test, and test in different seasons, because... 
Uh, sometimes you'll have uh, you'll be more prone to have higher radon levels in the wintertime than the summer, but also uh, different thunderstorms and atmospheric pressure changes, you can have high radon in the summer also. So mm. it's good to test and test you know through a di- few different seasons. And we d- we can test with a professional radon monitor, but the charcoal canisters you can get at home stores are really accurate. And just follow the instructions and use those, and they're like ten to twenty dollars. All right. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate that. There's a line open if you want to ask Jesse a question, 651-989-9226, or send Jesse a text, 81807. If you just tuned in, we're talking with Jesse Treble from Safe Basements, safebasements.com. You want to check that out on the Internet. Off the air, the three of us were talking about uh, sinking houses. There is such a thing. I mean, Tilt, you've seen, you've seen a lot of that, haven't you? Oh, all the time. I think we have three full-time crews that all they do is push foundation piers in and lift and level homes. Explain how that, that particular process goes, if you would. Sure. So the main cause is, is, is the house is sitting on bad soil. So your house is only as good as your foundation. Well, your foundation is only as good as the soil it's sitting on. So if you have a poor soil situation, a lot of times what will happen is your house will settle or sink. And while it's probably not a big deal if it's settled all perfectly level, but it usually doesn't, it, it you know, you get a little differential settlement and the thing starts to tip and lean. And, you know, pretty soon if you drop a uh, ball on the floor, it all rolls to the same <laughs> corner, you know. So um, you can't really lose your marbles. They'll all be in the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, how, what's the process of, of I mean, what else can happen, though, if somebody says, well, so what? So if the, the marbles fall on the one side, you, are you going to see that cracking of the uh, sheetrock? Yep. You'll have sheetrock cr- cracking, usually off the corners of doors and windows, and pretty soon your doors will get jammed in, and and they it's really hard to open the doors, and you're pretty soon you're, you know, cutting off the doors or, or planing them down so they fit in the jam correctly. Your windows will stick; they won't open. Um, so there's a lot of damage that can happen. Uh, and what we do is we excavate to the footing, and we push piers down, and so we use a, a hydraulic ram, and we put a bracket under the footing. We keep pushing piers down till we hit bedrock or good load-bearing strata, and we do these every uh, about five to six feet. And once we get all the piers in, we can put hydraulic cylinders on each one, and we lift the house back to perfectly level. And wow. what's really cool about this, so a lot of people, if they have a sinking house, they lift it up and put a new foundation on. But you're still sitting on that same bad dirt. That's right. And so we're bridging the gap between good, solid, load-bearing strata and your foundation. So now it can never move. And we guarantee for those for the life of the home. How long of a process generally? I know every house is different. But. This is a little more in depth. So, you know, the average job is three to four days, maybe up oh, okay. to a couple of weeks if it's a huge house. All right. Interesting. All right. I tell you what, um, let's do this, Jesse. Let's take a break. Ken is on the line. I want to get Ken's question answered too. And if you want to send a text to Jesse, 81807, we're talking with Jesse Treble from Safe Basements, answering your questions by phone and by text. 69 degrees, we're heading to 80. And good morning. Welcome back to our Home Improvement Show, brought to us by Linda's Construction every week. Jesse Treble's with us from Safe Basements. We're talking about your basement uh, or your foundation. Uh, or in some cases, uh, Ken and Chan has an, uh, is on the uh, horn uh, for you, uh, Jesse. Let's see what Ken has to say. What's your question, Ken? Uh, t- it's two questions. Uh, a number of years ago, I had my square tile removed, and it was uh, 
glued down with asbestos-based glue, so I had it all professionally moved and so forth. And I put down inlaid linoleum, the sheet of linoleum. And since then, I've noticed black spots in different areas. I was wondering if that would be indicative of, of moisture. And then the second question is, I have a fallout shelter, separate, built with a about a two-foot-width two hallway going out under my front yard. The house was built in the, in the 50s during the Russian scare, nuclear scare with the, with the Russians. And, and it's, it's always moist down there. I was wondering if there's an economic, economical way to keep that dry down in that fallout shelter. Um, yeah, well, uh, regarding the linoleum, that's definitely a symptom of moisture. So if you have uh, discoloring and, and that kind of thing, it, you probably have moist soil under your floor, which is wicking up through and uh, coloring your, your linoleum. You may need a uh, waterproofing system, or you may want to just uh, check your existing system and see if that's functioning properly. And we can help you with that if you'd like, if you go to uh, safebasements.com. As far as your fallout shelter goes, that sounds really neat. Um, yeah. You know... I guess I would start with dehumidification. Um, use a good dehumidifier. We do sell the very best here uh, at our company, and we could help you with that also. Otherwise, um, it would really be determining where and how the water is getting in and how it was constructed. Uh, typically, fallout shelters could be made a lot of different ways, and sometimes they're homemade, and you really can't figure out how they did it. Uh, but we would certainly be happy to look at it and see how we can help you. There's a lot of different ways to uh Skin a cat. I think that's the first question we've had about a fallout shelter here on the show. <laughs> Have you ever run across a fallout shelter? Uh, just a couple, but not yeah, not a lot. Boathouses. We we get a lot of boathouses. Okay, but <laughs> All right. there you go, Ken. Thank you. Uh, here's a text that came in a bit ago. Uh, Texas says I have a house built in the late '40s with block foundation. It's been well updated, including design tile system. Over the past few years, I've noticed Texas is a few blocks have had chunks on the outside. <clears throat> excuse me, of the block fracture off. Nothing to the inner core of the block, though. Is this a concern? I'm assuming that's on the outside of the yeah, house. It sounds the, like it. Yeah, uh, a good sealer, a good concrete sealer, is the way to go. And basically, you know, you you'll get as the rain uh, falls out of the sky and it kind of splashes up on the blocks, it'll get in there and uh, you can get some deterioration. And it's good just to use a good concrete sealer and spray that on. And, and that should help with that a lot. Uh, another text, and we're going to try to get all these in before you, you leave us, uh, Jesse. Uh, here's one. It says, I have a fiberglass type material, one inch thick approximately on the exterior of my brick alongside my house with stucco over that. It's deteriorated. And I do not know how to rebuild this. I've tried restuccoing; it just falls off. Uh, should I strip it down to the block wall? If so, uh, how do I weatherize that? That's uh, a tough one. That is a tough one. Without seeing you it. haven't yet, yeah, you I, have I, to see that, right? I I would bet you would need to strip it down and then seal those blocks and rebuild from there. Uh, that would be something that we'd want to take a look at. Does it? We talked about the soil, the different soils. If if a home was built on poor soil. Uh, let's talk specifically about clay soil. Is that good or bad, or does it matter? I like clay. People blame it for a lot of things. They but, do. Uh, yeah. I, I actually like clay for landscaping because um, when it gets wet, it seals itself up and doesn't let moisture through. When it's dry, it shrinks and it cracks and it lets the soil below it breathe. So it works really good for uh, creating nice drainage away from your home. 
Um, I don't know how great it is for growing plants and such, but <laughs> there's a trade off. <laughs> right. There's a trade off there for and sure. I guess as far as your home being built on clay, it's super solid as long as you keep a uh, uh, moisture content that doesn't vary. Um, so a good drainage system, good landscaping, as always, uh, gutters always helps that stay consistent. And that uh, clay is a wonderful thing to build on. You know, we talked earlier, if you're just joining us, we're talking with Jesse Treble. You're talking about sinking houses or leaning houses or tilting uh, uh, foundations. What's the worst situation you've ever seen? Uh, something that's really exaggerated. I saw one in Balsam Lake, Wisconsin. This was a few years back. And uh, it was almost a brand new house. And they built really? it on this little peninsula. It was gorgeous. It was big vaulted ceilings. It was a log home with all kinds of cool stonework and stuff. And uh, the foundation kept sinking and the guy kept jacking underneath and he kept the house level, but the foundation fell away from the house two feet. And there was critters jumping in between the foundation wall. And when we were fixing it, we actually, there was uh, muskrats and raccoons swimming around in the trench. It was so wet, but we uh, lifted the foundation up to the house, and that was, I think, 28 inches. And then we leveled out the house, which was leaning about six inches. And uh, we saved that place, and, and it's holding up just wonderfully. The guy calls everyone once in a while <laughs> thanking us because he had a lot of money into that place, and it wasn't worth anything, you know, until it was fixed. Wow, what a story. Uh, here's another text, Jesse. Our home, he says, he or she, was built in 1986, in our case, the sump pump basket has the very bottom removed, and the pump sits on a gravel bed. Drain tile also feeds into the basket. Is it common to not have a bottom in the basket? In my case, the texture says it works great. Yeah, it's not a big deal as long as uh, you're not sucking up little pebbles and stuff into your sump pump. Sometimes if you get, had a little uh, chunk of cement or a, a small block, you could set the pump on just so it doesn't suck up debris. But... Yeah, you want water to be able to get into that basket. And what that is, it was pretty common. They used to use um, concrete culverts as a sump basket, and it works great. Uh, You were talking, another text is asking about soil. We talked about clay. Uh, What experience have you had or seen with uh, a sandy soil? What, What can that do? Well, we're fixing, we're peering a house in Brainerd right now, and uh, the people put a high flow waterproofing system in. And I believe it was uh, like a PVC sewer drainage tile. And all the sand ran out from underneath the footings and the house sunk. Whoa. And so sand can be something that you want to address professionally because, you know, if your footings aren't sitting on anything, your house is going to sink. And uh, But sand drains very well. So if you do it properly, uh, you can drain it well. It holds the weight of the structure well. It just has to be done properly. See, you just have to. Every case is different. Yeah. Uh, a texter wants to know, and, and we talked about radon earlier in the show, what radon reading do I have to worry about? Well, the EPA says four and above you should mitigate, uh, but there is no safe level of radon. So if you have any any radon, it's not expensive to fix, and there's a lot of simple solutions. So um, there's common things. You know, a couple questions ago we had that uh, – uh, cement sump basket. One thing they should do is seal that lid so that they don't have, because that's a huge radon entry point. And little things like that uh, can make a huge difference. So no level of radon is good. No level. Right. All right. And I've heard some people tell me, not on the air, 
that they think the the whole radon issue may be a little blown out of proportion. Uh, you know, until I do my own multi-million dollar <laughs> study, I'm just going to have to take what the EPA tells me yeah. as truth. I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, okay, Jesse, we're we're almost out of time now, folks. Uh, if if they uh, what what issues? What what else do you guys do there at Safe Basements? Uh, you know, anything that has to do with basement issues, we can help you with. And that's that's the biggest thing. And one thing to keep in mind, a lot of times in the spring when we get all this rain, the basement's wet. If you choose to wait till winter, we a- offer 5% winter discounts year-round. So we keep our crews running year-round. We never lay anyone off, and that's why we have such quality, highly trained crews. Uh, we're really blessed with some good people. And if you don't really have a problem and you go to somebody's house and go, hey, you don't have a problem. Yeah, or That's sometimes it. we can help them fix it themselves. Right away. How about Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Right. Right. How do we get in touch with you guys? 1-800-430-5851 or safebasements.com. Jesse Treble, good to see you again. Good Thank luck you fishing. Thank you so much. Thank you.